Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. To into the soul cycle secrets <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, where we dish all of LA's hot goss now that Ooh. LA is closed it, except for that it's not according to what I hear on Twitter um, it's from not. all of my <laughs> friends who shit on the mayor rightly so yes <laughs> I am so excited to have our guest today. Kylie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have gotten to know you for the past, like, forever. To have had a chance to be a part of Firefest and see it grow and flourish. And now (laughs) to be able to have you here on the pod For anyone that has the audacity to not know who you are, could you tell folks who you are and what you do? You are so kind. Um, (laughs) Hi, my name's Kylie. My pronouns are they, them, and I also use she, her, but uh, uh, (laughs) that's kind of how I feel about that one. Uh, I am an actor and a writer and a producer, and I have dabbled in in the old, uh, not tickling the ivories, I don't play piano, um, singing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was trying to like be cute and then my brain just went no. Most of the internet knows me from a show called Squaresville, which was many, many moons ago. And uh, yeah, but I've been working in TV and film and streaming and all the things for, God, most of my life. I started as a child actor and basically, can I curse on this podcast? Please do. Okay. <laughs> I also shit post on Twitter a lot. That's how a lot of people know me, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. If they don't know me as an actor, they do know that I have some very ridiculous viral tweets and I cyberbully Eric Garcetti a lot because he's a terrible mayor. Yeah, that's about what I do. During the pandemic, I really just started shitposting more, cyberbullying the mayor. <laughs> you know, seeing seeing if we're gonna have an entertainment industry. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. I love that. I I have learned so much about SAG from you, specifically uh. all of the things that they have done wrong, which is really helpful as a consumer of entertainment. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, that I'm at least teaching some things. Uh, but for those who are not in, in the entertainment industry, I also am very involved with uh, SAG-AFTRA, which is the union that m- actors in film and television belong in. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, which is at Kylie Sparks, uh, you will see that I yell about the union a lot because uh, they they gutted healthcare in the middle of the pandemic, which is really hilarious. And then uh, they also did not freeze dues. And when people did the right thing, like filing for a late is essentially what they did. They were penalized for doing the right thing by not being allowed to vote on the latest contract. And they shoved a contract through during a pandemic 
And that contract is a nightmare and a half. And I can't believe people actually got duped into voting yes for it. Actually, most people in L.A. I know did not vote for it. So it's it's an ongoing battle, but I'm going to be polite. <laughs> and I'm trying to get right with the Lord. And, and by Lord, I mean L-O-R-D. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm trying not to, like, shit talk too many people on a podcast all at once, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun times. I mean, you're home. That's kind of all we do here, so. Yeah. Good. Hey. Yeah. I'm so ready <laughs> we have to open shit arms. talk about everyone, then. <laughs> Before we get to the, the true aim of our discourse for today, which I'm opening the floodgates to this has been, a interesting experience over the past like five days we wanted to check in about how you are and what a happy thing um you have had happen recently okay uh well checking in if you know me by now you know 2020 has been very not great um it's been it's been a very rough year but uh one very great thing that happened today is that I got my uh, Kike Hernandez World Series champion Dodger jersey in the mail, and that was awesome. Uh, I am a sports fanatic. Uh, I actually even had a side gig as a baseball writer the past couple of years for a small independent magazine that unfortunately no longer exists. But uh, my Dodgers won the World Series, and I had to buy the jersey. You got to buy the jersey when they win. So so I... uh, you gotta, you absolutely gotta. Uh, and so I, uh, I, I uh, went on a quick little run. Yeah, yeah me running. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I went on a run, and I came back, and there was a lovely little package, and it was my Kike Hernandez uh, World Sh- World Series champions jersey. I was very happy about that, and uh, yeah, um, you know, some some other good things in the works that I can't really talk about. But, you know, it that that's the entertainment industry. You can always be like, I got good news coming. And then you can't say what it is. But 2021 is looking very good. And I'm very happy about that. That's Amazing. Awesome. Hell yeah. We love that. Cody, how are you doing? I am doing well. I have. It's been a minute since I brought a reality TV show into the space. Ooh. That's true. So I got one. <laughs> Great. There is a show on Amazon Prime. It's called The Pack. And it is an amazing race-esque reality show with people and their dogs. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Amazon Prime has been doing something buck wild with reality TV lately, which is just throwing a fuck ton of money at random shit just because they have it because it's Amazon. And this is no different because, like, the amount of production value in this TV show about dogs is astronomical. There's, like, drone shots. There's slow-mo of any time the dogs are running. It is, like, it's insane. And they're also flying all over the world and doing... Whoa. Oh, my God. Like, challenges. Like, it's literally the amazing race, but with people and their dogs. And it's the serotonin that it gives you. It's immaculate. So it's not just dogs, it's people with their dogs? Yes, it's it's dogs and their and their owners competing in challenges. <gasps> oh my god. But it's really like it's the dog show. Like they the first episode they like went on the Queen Mary and were like delivering like food on their bags. Like it's it's insane. Like there's Whoa. so much going oh, on. Oh, I'm so going to have to watch it. And every dog is perfect. Yeah, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. 
And what a good chaser to the dog news that I brought last time of the fucking animatronic <laughs> Clifford dog. Oh, God. <laughs> the true polarity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but that's a big fucking red dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is. It's a big dog. Yeah, there is not a big red dog in sight in this show, from what I've gathered, okay. so I think we're safe. Maybe, maybe <laughs> season good. two. Crossing fingers for yeah, season who knows? two, though. That's amazing. How are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm good. Um, I spent the last four days not looking at schoolwork, not grading anything, just Fabulous. like yeah. resting, which was very nice. And then, you know, back to my bullshit today. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) um, One of the things that I had a cursed resurfaced memory um, during my quick sabbatical that I thought I would share with the class today while having a Zoom mm, dinner with friends over Mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving. One of the things that was discussed was back in our childhood, McDonald's used to have those out not like outdoor, but outdoor play places. Yeah. If you remember, um, before they realized that those were just kind of like vomit spots. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, it came to our realization that you could just like buy those play places. (laughs) Um, And so I found, we found one, uh, one of those little, what they call play lands. On eBay. Okay. um, Including what I deemed a burger jail. And so you can buy the whole thing. Um, (laughs) And it's the photograph that I found is all of this playland is in someone's front yard. And (laughs) including Ronald on a on a bench. Wait, that's in Um, the front yard? I, it, I might be the backyard. I don't understand space. <laughs> no, it, it, it does look like a front yard. I am looking at the photo right now. This, that actually makes it even better. It makes it even better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just thank you for why blessing have, me with this. Why have decorations? <laughs> um, yeah. What I will say, the other thing that I wanted to bring this to the space, aside from the really great price of this being $21,000, there are oh. 15 items, folks. Okay. <laughs> That's um, a steal, okay. you know? <laughs> is that this is, Cody, this is in your neck of the woods. It's in I did Park Ridge, that. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know where that is, but I know that it's nearby. It's actually not that far from me. It's actually geographically, if we're being Great, honest. so, <laughs> you know, Christmas is coming up. Right, um, so we're going to start a GoFundMe. <laughs> I'll pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it is really, if you if you really think about it, folks, it is a tiny home, you know? Yeah, it's an investment, you know? And probably oh. is really the, <laughs> the best investment you can do. <laughs> Anyways, it's terrifying. I don't, the idea of coming home late, you just see Ronald McDonald chilling on a park bench. Yeah. Um, is <laughs> really scary to me um so that would be incredible yeah i hate it um but also you know i love it at the same time (laughs) like it's it is it is that low-key terrifying thing that you're also just like yeah i respect it yeah (laughs) i respect it so much (laughs) i agree and there's something about this photo it's just old enough that i feel like i've been in this suburb before there's something about the coloring of this it feels homey and I hate yeah. it. <laughs> like, 
Like I would I drive think- by that. Like I'm I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a pretty it's a it's a pretty big suburb town. It's it's you know million people in the metro area. Low key, I would see probably at least one house like that because let me tell you, for the holidays. <laughs> They decorate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Now, I have been told from a little pug, Kylie, that mm. you have a fascinating Twilight backstory for us. Uh, I do. It, it's called I Know Next to Nothing About Twilight. <laughs> because, you know, I, I, am the, I am the chaos bi in that I like to go on podcasts where I know next to nothing about the actual <laughs> subject. And talk about other things. Um, I know that Jacob is the werewolf, and mm. Robert Pattinson played the vampire guy, and yes. Kristen Stewart was Bella Swan, and there was baseball involved at one point that I know about <laughs> only because Tessa Netting, who is a friend of mine, and her fiancé, Joe Moses, they did a TikTok recreating a scene from Twilight. That is all I know. Oh my gosh. They did. They did. They did. And uh, that's all I know about Twilight. Uh, that was not on my radar. I would bargain to say, and Cody, I won't I won't speak for you, but that sounds like you might know more than Cody did four years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, great. Great. I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe I know a little bit more than, than I actually know. That's, that's perfect. You know, yeah. all of our journeys start somewhere, the, you know, like, it's true. <laughs> you, you have to start somewhere. You can't just know everything off the bat. I mean, it's true. That, that's, it's true. that's it's true. It's, it's like riding a bike without training wheels. You're going to fall over. But, but here's what I do know. Kristen Stewart was in Twilight and yes. she's, she's, she is queer and she is a queer lead in a queer holiday movie. And I am queer and non-binary, and and I love the holidays. So so there's that connection. Yeah, and I can it's see perfect. the red string now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's all it's, coming it's, together. It's like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon situation here that we're trying to make work. <laughs> but but yeah, so so that's my that's my Twilight backstory is that I know next to nothing. I love that. That's okay. <laughs> I think that marks you actually as the first guest that we've had that is here for Kristen Stewart and Kristen Stewart only, yeah. which honestly yeah. is valid. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's really all you need. Yeah. I, I really am just here for the Kristen Stewart vibe. That's 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 it. That's really yeah. that's really at this it. point. This is less of a Twilight podcast and more just a Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson podcast. Great, like, just anything perfect tangentially do. Yeah, I think if anything, this is more just a a six shades of uh, fucking Kristen Stewart podcast, yeah. Yeah. and that's okay. absolutely. that's valid that's absolutely valid (laughs) before we get into happiest season can we just briefly take just a pit stop on this jimmy kimmel moment because what the fuck is this (laughs) this i i guess i haven't been watching like late night tv at all during this whole time so i haven't really realized like they all just started coming back into the studio (laughs) same (laughs) so watching this like 10 foot space between them on an interview was incredibly jarring yeah i agree like i respect it and i love it but it's also like why (laughs) this is so much yeah and it's it's just i saw a little bit of it i I will say i wish k stew was doing uh hot ones for this movie mm-hmm. instead of uh, like she because she did it for Charlie's Angels and I wish she was doing that because she was so chill and comfortable on that and like 
she is is very much not a fan of talking about herself as she has mentioned yeah, before yes. and like when she was talking about like cooking and quarantine which i saw i was like oh oh you you just want to go home i get it i get it can we talk about how good that food looked though it did oh yeah oh it did god Oh, to be served a meal by Kristen Stewart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, low key, when this is all over, if she wants to do like a pop-up dinner party situation, I would absolutely pay Earth dollars to be part of that. Absolutely. And yeah. she was so excited to talk about those dragon plates. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really cute. I I think low key, she's like a nerd. She is a nerd. She's got to be a nerd. But like, she's just very yeah. like low key and chill about it. But like anybody who gets excited to talk about dragons, because I also get excited to talk about dragons, uh, is definitely a nerd. <laughs> I agree. I think it, she is someone who has been on a lot of like press junkets and stuff mm-hmm. and is more than willing to answer questions what this interview reminded me of is that she responds a lot to a quality of a question and Jimmy Kimmel in this moment was not asking open-ended questions. Yeah. He was asking a lot of closed-ended questions, which is why her responses were like that. Yeah. Yeah, just like super cut and dry, yes, no kind of stuff, which is not exactly a good interview tactic. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, and- too, because most of the comments are like, she looks so much more comfortable, which is like, I mean, I guess valid in terms of like where we started in terms of the case to public image journey, but like... This is still, like, not <laughs> ideal. Like, it doesn't seem like the most relaxed she's ever looked <laughs> by well, a long shot. And and also to to give the, as uh, I'll say this as somebody who has had media training and has had to do mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's, it gets tiring when you're doing oh, junkets totally. and you're talking about yourself and everything. And I fully get when she's just like, I, no, I, I don't, I don't want to talk. Let me, let me promote the movie. I will be here. I, and, and when she is excited about promoting a project like Charlie's Angels or Happiest Season or, or, um, any of the indies she's done, you can mm-hmm. tell she's just very right. relaxed and calm and everything. And I, I respect, like, uh, not to go back to Hot Ones again, but I was rewatching her Hot Ones episode last night, and she was very laid back, and she was also talking to Sean Evans and was just like, you're a very good interviewer. Like, your questions are great. You do a lot of great research. And I think when Kristen was allowed to be herself, like, through mm-hmm. the media training, that's when she's really, like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, she looks comfortable. I was like, yeah, because she probably told her team, look, if you want me to promote this movie, I need to be myself. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He is one of the most prepared, thorough people I've ever seen on TV. Yeah, I yeah. would 100% I agree. Like, on the internet. It is astounding, and I know that he probably had, like, he has to have a team of researchers as well, but the kind of stuff that he digs up, because it's not just her, I've seen it happen with other people too, where they're like, where did you find this? Yeah. It's amazing. He will, like, do the deep dives on on the Instagram stuff and, like, find random things that everybody's just, like, while they're sweating because they're, like, eating, like, (laughs) thousands of levels of Scoville units in in hot sauce. Like, they're just like, how did you find this? The thing that I think in contrast to of watching this interview with 
Jimmy Kimmel. Watching the response of Kesu in Hot Ones versus in this clip from Jimmy Kimmel, it was wild because he asks her in the Kimmel section to be like, okay, now who's your favorite from the cast? And that just doesn't feel appropriate especially with someone like Kristen. And so it just felt, it changed the vibe and the vibe was already awkward to me. Anyway, I I don't know. I didn't like it. No, I I think that's very fair and very valid. It was uncomfy. I mean, there was a couple of funny moments. She liked talking about her food. She liked, she made that little quip about being queer, which I love. And it was cute to hear her talk about, you know, how much she loves Princess Di. Mm -hmm. But- it was kind of off, so. Yeah, totally. We, and talking about Happiest Season, here on the show, we have been talking about this film for, God, Cody, like two years now? Yeah. Okay, because I, I had to look this up, but I think they, TriStar, like, acquired the rights for Happiest Season, I want to say in early 2018. I want to say we've been yeah, talking about this right. film for over two years now. Yeah. And I yeah. <laughs> I was convinced that we would never see this movie actually come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are. And we yeah, and here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> we and came out on the other side. Actually, it is actually done. I wish, I mean, I know that it is actually out in cinema in other places. I wish that it was here in cinema and here with us, but thank you to Hulu for actually having it out yeah. for us to be able to view. Because, my God, if we had to, if it was one of those things where they were going to, like, hold it until we could put it in cinemas, I would riot. <laughs> I would be so yeah. mad. Yeah. <laughs> be I mean, honestly, we, we had to do that that once with a holiday movie with, like, groundbreaking representation this year. West Side Story is going to have a yeah. trans oh, non-binary right, yeah. person play anybody's. And now it's, you know, pushed a full year. So I'm, I'm at least glad that Hulu bought it from Sony because Sony was going to release it and then, you know, the... the the virus happened. Thank you. <laughs> Your interface is really confusing sometimes, but like, God bless you, you know? Yeah. I just want my watch list to have like the shows that I want to watch. For real. I just want to watch the shows that I want to watch. That's my only complaint about the Hulu interface. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mr. Hulu, if you're listening, uh, we have some suggestions. Yes, Mr. Hulu, can we get you on the phone, please? Yeah, while you're listening to this, Hulu, we have a couple of suggestions for you, actually. There are so many thoughts. I feel like there has been a cacophony on Twitter for like five days now. I would love to hear your thoughts, especially because, Cody, we haven't talked about this movie, so I have no idea how you feel about this. Oh, I'm ready. Um, How, happy season, how do you both feel? How does this movie make you feel? It's so nice. It was lovely. Yeah. Being on the internet with this movie, not nice. Wouldn't yes. recommend, actually. I mm-hmm. know friends that are not on Twitter, and I've had very productive conversations about it with, and they have no idea that the internet is just on fire with bad <laughs> take after bad take after another. It was lovely. I watched it with my partner. It was very gay. We had a great time. I love everyone in this movie. Aubrey Plaza especially. (laughs) Yes. But also, like, Mary Holland, who's Jane, is, like, 
amazing. I'm obsessed with her. I want a whole Same. mini-series just of her. And, and she co-wrote the movie, so, yeah, like, Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, fucking Dan Levy, like, every, everything in this was just delightful. Holiday content, and it's gay. I had a great time. Yeah, this is not hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad. I just got it. I just got invited to the drive-in premiere. They had a drive-in premiere in LA uh, at Calamigos Ranch through Outfest and Hulu, and I got to see it uh, about three days before it dropped, and mm. I loved it. And I loved it on first watch, and then I watched it the second time. And uh, the discourse is exhausting. There are some very, <laughs> there are some very valid critiques. Yes. Um. I which we will get into, and I don't mm. want to dismiss that. I I loved it, and I absolutely I, I try not to ship people because as an actor and a creative, it's always weird. Like that kind of like when you're working something. But I was just like I wanted Abby and Riley to get together in the end. Spoiler <laughs> if you haven't watched yeah. it. <laughs> Um, but I truly loved it. I thought it was a great film. And, and for it being the first studio queer femme lesbian holiday movie, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be hard to be the first one. Totally. And I love, I I love Clea Duvall as an actor, as a filmmaker. If you haven't seen her first movie, it's called The Intervention, and it's basically her and all of her friends in it, and it's a fantastic little movie. I highly recommend watching it. And so Clea did a really great job, and I'm I'm sure this is where my my how the sausage gets made sort of moment. <laughs> I watched it by myself the first time at the drive-in premiere, and then my partner and I uh, watched it at my house, and my partner is a cishet man he is a cishet white man which is Mm -hmm. very funny considering i am extremely bisexual and extremely non-binary and we were talking and like as from a filmmaker standpoint we definitely saw that there had to be just some ridiculous notes call uh which if you don't know what a notes call is it's basically when writers write something you have a notes call with the studio the network the producers etc They give you notes on what you wrote. So one of the things that I have kind of said in the discourse is that I would love to see what the original script looked like and how Mm -hmm. it turned into the final product. Because I think a lot of the valid critiques that have been going on on this film, I think might have been resolved in earlier drafts. But, you know, like, and, and this is not to like, shit on studios and networks and everything this is not, right. i'm not doing that at all but there are just creative aspects of movies that are out of our control when you're creative and mm-hmm. i i also have to say this there were a lot of parts in that movie that the discourse was exhausting because i've seen that play out in real time yeah and That's why I was like, it's, I don't, there are, like I said, there are many valid critiques, but I think, I think everybody just wants to pick apart something for the sake of picking it apart because that's what we do now. Right. But I loved it. I, I will be watching it again, probably this week on, cause (laughs) it has joined my holiday movie rotation. So I'm going to be watching it again with white Christmas and a very Murray Christmas and, and. You know, all the things that I watch. All the classics. All the classics. All the classics you watch during the holidays. It's joined that. And it's a a very lovely movie. And it's very gay. That's what I love is that it's extremely gay. 
And yet the mm-hmm. straights love it too. Like every yeah. straight person I know that has not been part of the discourse has just literally unprompted saying, oh my God, I loved Happiest Season. And I was like, great. Now, now tell your friends to watch it so we get more queer stories in the mainstream. Yeah. Like, that's that's right. what I want people to remember on the end game here is that if this does well, we get more made. And right. Moonlight should have moved the needle. And it, it unfortunately didn't do as much as, as we all thought it was going to do. And in terms of the awards, Moonlight is one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. And we need more of those movies. In terms of, like, studios and networks and everything... They're still skittish. They're still skittish on on greenlighting queer stories that are that have depth, that are nuanced, that have true authentic representation. And if Happiest Season does well, we'll get more that are not just independent movies that get put on Netflix or get put on Hulu. We'll get actual mm. studio movies that are super gay and they get to be they get to be put in theaters. So I I just hope everybody has that kind of eye on the prize on that. Right. So. Yes. I think that being the the first of something is, there's no way that it's going to live up to the expectations yeah. of every group. And I think that what I have observed from my corner of the internet is that there were a lot of expectations put on this movie and it will naturally fail with Mm -hmm. that amount of expectations. Right. There are a couple of things that I observed with this one. I I also really enjoyed this movie. I also really liked Jane's character, Mary Holland's character. I observed her as being on the spectrum. Mm. Mm. Um, And I don't know if that was just like me and what I know about neurodiverse people, but she came off to me as like, being autistic yeah and i don't know i i don't know if that's i don't know about that i don't i need to like think on that a little bit more yeah um, totally. but that is something that came off to me especially but i i really i thought that barry holland did an awesome job like i thought she was funny as fuck yeah um, oh yeah she was incredible <laughs> i'd be and i like obviously aubrey Pazzo was fucking gorgeous and Kesu made a lot of like oh. movements and <laughs> when she puts her yes. hands on walls it's unfortunate for me um and she wears a blazer with no shirt underneath oh. at a christmas party <laughs> you can obviously tell she packed her bag expecting to be a lesbian and <laughs> it, that is unfortunate <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. uh, she did not look straight. <laughs> no. Well, and what's so funny about some of the discourse where like people were like, "Wait, Harper's family didn't realize Abby was a lesbian," and like everything. I'm like, "Oh no, there are. I know many cishet girls who dress like that, and that's mm. so, so like." I, I just thought that discourse was really kind of silly because I'm like, no, I definitely big lesbian energy radiating. Sure. Yeah. But also, I know a lot of straight girls who, who dress like that, too. Literally took a photo of Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza in their, their get-ups for the Christmas Eve party. And I believe on the Kristen Stewart one, I said, this is my gender, my sexuality, and my ideal aesthetic. <laughs> and all of the K2 stands came into my mentions and said, yes, yes, it is. I was like, yeah. okay, thank you. I'm glad we're all in agreement. Great. Yeah. 
This movie hurts a lot. I love a, a sad movie in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of my favorite movies are sad. This movie in particular hurt a lot. I also watched this with my partner who is cis and uh, heterosexual and who kept looking at me this whole time because I am also not out to my family. Mm. Um, and he was like, hmm, interesting. Um, <laughs> and so this movie particularly hurt a lot just because I related I feel like I'm a little bit more emotionally put Mm -hmm. together than Harper's character is. But it, I definitely felt this. And so I think that I, I got a lot of people's criticisms of, I don't know, I feel like it is understandable to be a multidimensional person and understand that um, it's not fair, some of the things that Harper did to Abby, mm-hmm. um, but also to understand that Harper lived a life of trauma and that yeah. the yeah. home that she had is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that understanding that people are complex is important with viewing this. Mm-hmm. And also I would rather watch a movie that is autobiographical rather than having it um, watered down to be inauthentic, I think. Right. I agree 100%. I I think, like, a main problem with why this sort of cannonballed into just, like, nightmare fuel over the last few days is, like, and I think it's also something that's perpetuated by, like, straight audiences of queer media, where it's, Mm -hmm. like, they've come to associate the coming out story with a trope rather than just, like a real lived human experience that is worthy of Mm -hmm. exploration and fictionalization, right? (laughs) And so people associate that real human thing that they don't experience as like, oh, I've heard this story before. I'm bored of it. This is lame, whatever. And then it just like trivializes it or makes it like seem like it's not like a worthy story of being told or whatever. And because of that, the way we frame coming out stories, it's hard to like depict that and not like have the casting of Harper or like have her character be seen as some sort of villain for not being like where the audience wants her to be in her journey, right? It's just like the framing of it's always like she's against everything else, whether it's by her own volition or just like because of the circumstances she's in, it's like inherently putting this like divider, which is like easy to audiences to associate with like, that's not what we expect you and that's not what we want from you. And like, that's bad. So what the fuck? You're not worthy of of having this complex moral dilemma or whatever. And it's just frustrating. (laughs) Uh, No, it's 100% frustrating. And and I think that's been... Uh, my my personal how do i phrase this without sounding like a complete asshole um <laughs> my my personal issue with a lot of the discourse and and like i said there have been some extremely valid critiques in terms of you know the whiteness of this movie the yep. toxicity yes. against you know against harper and and mm-hmm. abby and those are extremely valid critiques and i'm not going to take away but i i just i i want to know when everybody is, like, talking about Harper's coming out and how she, you know, was saying she, you know, Sloane's lying and all that stuff. I, Everybody that has been critiquing that, I want I did they have the coming out story that was great, fine, wonderful, where they could just come out and <laughs> right. go, like, and, and I have friends who their coming out was 
very uneventful. Mm-hmm. My person, I, I gotta be real honest, my mom and I have kind of just kind of skirted past the conversation. She sees my shit on the internet and she's cool with it and I'm, we don't have to have that conversation. But I mm-hmm. wasn't out to my dad and my dad died unexpectedly this past summer and I never had that conversation, but he knew. Right. And, but like the rest of, I, I have been very for, uh, fortunate and privileged to have an experience where, you know, my support systems have been very cool, but I know friends of mine who have had the utmost trauma and the utmost awful experiences coming out. And I think what people forget is that whole speech that Dan Levy's character does with Abby in the parking lot. That is what has really gotten to me about that discourse is that like, did people just like fast forward through that, that speech of like, (laughs) like just Dan Levy going, yeah, no, it's traumatic. And like, you know, her experience is not my experience and it's not your experience. And this is all different things. I think we can hold space for both the idea of, well, maybe this movie didn't resonate with you. Maybe, you know, there are very valid critiques and everything. But also for a lot of people, like if you go into that, I've made a TikTok about this, actually. If you go into the Happiest Season Instagram account, countless people have shown this movie to their families and have come out mm-hmm. and it went well because of it. So I think we can hold space for both extremely valid critiques and the fact that maybe this isn't about you personally, person who watches this and says, oh, this didn't resonate with me. For somebody, this might have just changed their life. They felt like they were able to come out to their family for the first time. Right. right. And I would love a world where maybe we don't have to have a coming out story in every queer mm-hmm. film. But I gotta say, because I, I, and I say this unfortunately in jest, uh, unfortunately I know a lot of straight people and <laughs> they all love this movie and, and they, they're starting to get it. They're starting to get it. And I think that's another thing, too, is, like, I had this conversation on Twitter where a person on Twitter and I, I don't know her actual first name. I feel awful. But we follow each other on Twitter. Um, And we were chatting, and she was like, if this movie had been around when I was 14 and I was first starting to come out and I could show this to my parents, that would have done wonders for me. And I think that's what people keep forgetting is that and I'm a very big person on representation in the media and that's one reason why I I chose to come out publicly was that I kept playing queer characters and I was still in the closet and it felt like a disservice Mm -hmm. that you know I have this platform why am I not being who I am and I'm very big on representation in media both as actor and you know in the stories that we also get to tell and I think once we get to a point where the straights really do get it and it movies like this do well, we will get to see more of the queer experience in the mainstream. And unfortunately, that that has to do with numbers. That has to do with how popular things are. You know, before you know, it, before the pandemic, it was all about box office numbers. Or mm-hmm. you know, and Netflix is very. And even though it's on Hulu, it, Hulu is very similar to Netflix in that they are very secretive about their streaming numbers. So you know, you're looking at how it's doing via streaming, how it's doing via box office, how it's how it's doing even on the awards circuit although as we've seen with several like emmy award-winning shows that might not move the needle in terms of direction of representation so 
I I finally just had to like step out of the discourse because I was just like because there are also certain things that you can't say on Twitter that like for people who are in the entertainment industry watching this movie and we know how things get made you can't just like expose how the sausage gets made because that's you know there's there's just things that you don't say and Mm -hmm. things that you don't talk about and and so it's one of those where I just keep telling people, if you watch this movie, it might not resonate with you, but it may resonate with somebody else. And if it does well, we will. Go- I, I would love to see I'm I'm I have a pilot I'm trying to shop around right now where it is just being queer and be and doing adventures and you're already out and you've been out for a while and you're dealing with that ex that is coming back and you know yeah you, you know the 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 shit that happens when you're queer basically <laughs> like like yeah. and i'm not talking like baby gay i'm talking like i'm sitting in a bar with my friends you know and we've been out and we've all hooked up with each other and i'm just like okay anybody want to go like see a Dodgers game like you know, shit like that like I I would love to see that in the mainstream that's not just like the L word and I love the L word yeah but like it's it's stuff like that and so I I really hope this movie does well even with the discourse I agree I think that the more that these kinds of well the more that attention that this gets the more that we'll be able to see just more queer movies like I would love to be Mm -hmm. able to even I know that a lot of people are talking about a sequel for this but even just more like queer holiday movies yeah like I would love to be able to see some of the like Christmas hijinks that they had of this (laughs) like give me more of the like at the start of this movie when they're just up on the rooftop like give me more of those hijinks I love that. I the love that. The ice skating race. That was just good. Yes. Fun. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That was wonderful. I want a prequel of just like Riley. And like. Yeah. Oh my god. I would love to see a prequel of Riley and Harper and see how like. And and not to like have like a whole traumatic experience of like what happened to Riley and Harper. But like just <laughs> see. See Riley as Riley. Like do a spinoff of that. I want to. I would. I honestly would love to just watch Aubrey Plaza do anything. So I'm very. (laughs) I'm very fine with that. And also, I mean, with the sequel, at the end credits when they do all of the you know the Instagram account stuff, Mm. you see from the Pride Parade, Clea like having Riley. You know, an arm around Riley at the Pride Parade, and like. That's a great Easter egg to start the sequel of who is Riley's new girlfriend. Yeah. Like they I mean basically it writes itself right there. Like I'd love to see something like that in the sequel. I and would I would die to see that. that what I would, would be give. Cuz Clea's still acting. She didn't like quit act. Like right. quit acting. She yes. she was on Handmaid's Tale. Give me that. I want that. <laughs> And I would like to be in it. Can, can I just... <laughs> yeah. Like, hi. I have a pitch for a sequel. Yes. Yes. Harper and Abby come back. They're engaged. So they come back a year for the next Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Riley is still single. And because of the fact that Ab- we know Abby has a PhD in art history, which they don't mention. <laughs> it's fucking criminal. And because they have this like annual Christmas party that Riley goes to, Abby decides to invite a friend to this Christmas Eve party, aside from John, because obviously. Yeah. And 
when they invite this friend, it's starting to snow and they eventually get snowed in. But before they get snowed in, her colleague from art, the art history department shows up and it is the one, the only Janelle Monet. Oh, no, you can't stop. That's good. And they get snowed in. Oh, that's good, though. That's real good. I would I would pay a lot of Earth dollars to see that in a theater. I think I would even go to a theater and I'm high risk. I would just like mask up and, and I would hazmat up and I just go. All right, let's let's watch this. Anything for Janelle. It's truly. And now it is Harper and Abby and the whole family trying to set up Riley and Janelle. So, Clea Duvall, if you're listening to this, like, this is your writer's room for the second yeah. half Anyway, our email is open. <laughs> yeah. Li- links and bios. Yeah. Uh, you know. Get in touch. Yeah, just hit us up. I'll punch up your script. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> My, my services are on my website, just and I'll I'll be in it too. I will. I'm graciously offering to be in it. Like I don't have to audition. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to be in it, but I'll happily like shake the snow outside the windows. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'll uh, tutor the kids on set. Oh yeah, those twins are so cute. I love. Oh, yeah. They were. I love. I love twins. that they were just chilling underneath the tree. Like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like this is where we hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you invading our spot? Yeah. Also, Alison Brie in this movie. Oh She's my so god, truly unreal. <laughs> like, I've never been so scared and so turned on by a person in my life. She's, <laughs> She's also a lovely person in real life. She's very cool. I've I've met her at Soul Cycle. <laughs> it all comes back. It all comes full circle. I here's the thing. I I know way too many people because of Soul Cycle, but Allison is a lovely, lovely person and just very nice. And she's so funny in this. I I will honestly watch anything Allison is in. Like yeah. Glow is one of my favorite TV shows, and they got oh, done dirty. Mm-hmm. I will say that they got done dirty. I hope yep. they can. Marin wants to do a two-hour movie, like a series finale wrap-up, and I would absolutely... Who, who do I need to call to make that happen? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Allison absolutely fantastic in this movie. She's so good. There are two final thoughts I have on this. Yes. And I... Honorable mentions, I will mm-hmm. say. One is that in the beginning, in the like little um, artistic sketches that they have... Um, Abby has the same birthday as I do. We are both Gemini's. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Great. So representation matters. (laughs) Representation is important. We love a a short Gemini. Yeah. Um, Second, and this honestly makes a lot of sense for how this happened, but one of the producers on Happiest Season is the one and only Wick Godfrey, who is also one of the producers in the Twilight Saga. Oh my god, it's all connected. Temple Hill. (laughs) It's all fucking connected. (laughs) Temple Hill, baby. Oh my god. (sighs) When I saw that, I screamed. Um, Speaking of things that we love, we have a few patrons to... Say how much Ooh. we love and adore, too. Hell yeah. Um, Cody, would you like to start? Absolutely. Shout out Althea Johnson. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, thank you to Mallory Hardwick. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Shout out Katie Black. Boop, 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 boop. 
Thank you to Kylie Minty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great name. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Shout out Elizabeth James. Pew, 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 pew. Ooh, ooh. Thank you to Jess Love. Boing, boing, boing. Thank you, Alex Dornan. Pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Yeah. Shout out Mickey Meyer. Woo. Pew, pew. Thank you, Zoe Steele. Boing, boing, boing. Thank you, Rebecca Cullen. Thank you, Amy Taylor. Shout out, Malt Gray. (laughs) Thank you to our unofficial intern, Taylor Uh, Brown. Yes. Town. Yes. Lautner. Yes. (laughs) Shout out, Danae Swan. Um, Thank you to my mom, Kelly Beck. Boing, boing, boing. Yeah, who's <laughs> not my mom, but I tell everyone is my mom. Uh, the spiritual mom. <laughs> my Every, spiritual everybody mom. has everybody has a different mom. It's true. It's fine. Yeah, I have multiple true. moms. I have many dads. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Aaron Salinger. Boing, boing, boing. Boing, boing, boing. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Ooh, boing, yeah. Boing. Thank you, Donna Cavanaugh. Mm, 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 mm. And last but not least, thank you to Jessica Hale. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> this is the part I have been waiting the most for. <laughs> what fan fiction did you bring to the space today? I decided I probably shouldn't bring Twilight fanfic because I know next to nothing about Twilight. So I went <laughs> on AO3 and I found some happiest season fanfic. Mm-hmm. And oh this is a Riley and Abby story. This is a Ooh. section from from uh, something called uh, a story called Redo. This is I, I want to say this is like a 5000 word story, which well done. Great Ooh. job. <laughs> yeah, no, go on AO3 and search Happiest Season and then Riley Abbey. There's so much fanfic. It's great. Are you fucking kidding me? John said, now yelling at his phone. There are 10 gas stations in this town and all of them are closed. The next open gas station is 50 miles away. 50 miles. My car can't make it. Ugh, I thought Christmas miracles were supposed to be a thing. Abby closes her eyes as snowflakes touch and melted it on her face. Things couldn't get worse. Maybe there's a hotel nearby or something. Abby offered. She felt exhausted from the day and from crying. She pulled out her phone, which lit up at her dimly and unhappily with a no battery icon. John tapped on his screen, quickly muttering, let me see. Abby occupied herself with the snow accumulated on the ground. She drew haphazard shapes with her toe, thinking over and over again, what if she had made a mistake? What if she should go back? She looked up at John, still furiously searching and opened her mouth. Hey! A voice stopped her mid-word, and the two of them looked up to see a black Toyota sedan pull up into the empty gas station. Only Abby recognized the woman who stepped out. Riley? She whispered in disbelief. Hey, where are you doing? Everything's closed. Yeah, we kind of got that, John retorted. Riley, charmed. Riley responded with an exaggerated curtsy. She approaches Abby and placed her hand on her arm. Her voice dropped as she studied Abby's face. You okay? Yeah, yeah, just fine, Abby mumbled. What are you even doing out here? Well, everything's closed except for liquor stores, and after what just happened, I needed more booze in the house, so I was just on my way back from grabbing a case of wine. What are you doing? 
I was just, well, we were just heading back home and we were stopping for gas, but there is no gas. She stopped rambling when she met Riley's pitying gaze. Well, good luck with that. Damn. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. And I tried to, I, I tried to give uh, a little bit of voice differences Spice. on, uh, you know. I, I tried yeah, to do my a, best. A real Dan, performance. Thank you. It, it, I'm I'm a professionally trained actor of stage and screen, so <laughs> and it I, I, was, and it I, I would hope to God I I would do a good dramatic. <laughs> I love it, Kylie. Where can folks go to support your work? Well, uh, I am I am on the Twitter. Uh, I'm at Kylie Sparks. There. I'm on the Instagram. Uh, that's also at Kylie Sparks. I, I unfortunately have joined TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I, that was a mistake. I, I blame everybody for cyberbullying me into getting TikTok. Uh, I'm at Kylie Sparks 27 on there. Uh, 27 is my birth date. And yeah, uh, with the pandemic, there's not really a lot going on right now. I had some things about to start up and then, you know, the world kind of shut down. But yeah, you can go rewatch a lot of stuff that i'm in uh youtube.com slash squaresville is is a great place to start if you want to revisit esther and zelda's adventures uh i yeah i i post a lot of photos of like me and and my dog and uh you know a lot of great infographics on my stories uh you can definitely find me on twitter cyberbullying the mayor and (laughs) yeah that's about it hopefully in 2021 i actually have some things that people can actually go support instead of just following me on the socials I love that. Hell yeah. It has been an absolute blast having you on the pod. Please consider this an open door to always join us on here anytime. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I'm sure I will be back soon. You can't get rid of me now. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you open the Pandora's box. You can't get rid of me now. Yeah. So Yeah, we opened that Soul Cycles box. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, as... We say here in the Pacific Northwest, get bit and get whipped. Woo! Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. Our theme music is by Eli Krauss, and our artwork is by Maddie Padilla. Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight and support us on Patreon at patreon.com/intothetwilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at intothetwilightshow@gmail.com. You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Crow. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.